Welcome to Coach, the professional coaching podcast. Conversations to explore what coaching is really all about, what it takes to be a great coach, and why coach training really does make the difference. Discover how coaching can help you in all areas of your life and business in a fast-paced and demanding world. So join us here to share conversations and insights with some of the best coaches from around the globe. Real coaches, real talk. So let's get started with me, your host, Teresa Brooks. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Coach, the professional coaching podcast with me, your host, Teresa Brooks. And I'm really excited. I always sound really excited because I am really excited (laughs) to introduce um, a fabulous guest today. And I'm sure you will find this of deep interest, really. And we had a Zoom call the other week and we covered so many topics. So we're going to try and narrow it down, but I would love to introduce to you Dr. Anne Whitehouse, who is author of Pull Back Your Power, and she's a success healer for professional women. So welcome to the show, Anne. It's an absolute pleasure to have you. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. Um, And, you know, we were just talking, weren't we, just off air about, wow, you know, where to kind of start, because your work (laughs) is all about feminine confidence. And so, of course, already we've set a huge landscape there for discussion. We have. Um, We have. And what I thought might be a really nice inroad is just for you to share with us. There's a wonderful um, header on your website, and it says Cambridge Scientist to Power Alchemist. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, And so I just wondered if you might share with us a little bit about your story and how a Cambridge scientist set for that kind of science-led career ends up as a female power alchemist. Well, (laughs) it's a... I will try to cut it down. So basically, I was what you would call academic high flyer. Um, I went to Cambridge, first degree, PhD, postdoctoral research fellowship. I was, I was set to be an academic. And uh, up to that point, you know, I'd had lots of supportive um, people in my environment. And I believed that I could do anything that I, that I was capable of doing. Then I got my first lectureship. Um, which was in an engineering department, not Cambridge. And it was astonishing because it was like when I walked through the door, it was as if the rug had been just pulled out from under me. I could do the actual job just fine. You know, I, I brought in research funding. I, I had great reports from my students. I was getting all the publications into the journals, all the stuff that you have to do as an academic. I could do it just fine. But my confidence just evaporated and my stress went off the scale. And this basically deteriorated. And over six short years, I went from you know, this high flying academic to completely burnt out. I had chronic fatigue syndrome and I, I lost my scientific career that I'd spent so many years working for. And it was, um, it was a mystery really why I had reacted with such extreme stress in a job that I could do absolutely fine. Mm. There was something going on under the surface. And at the time, I only wanted to get my health back and get my life back because conventional medicine could do nothing for me. So that took me into the world of, well, why had I reacted that way? What was it that was going on that made me feel lacking you know, confidence? What caused my anxiety? Why, why did I feel, well, we didn't use the word the words imposter syndrome back then because no one had, <laughs> I don't think it had been really coined, but look, no. <laughs> totally imposter syndrome. Um, what um, happened, Anne, when you, because I can just imagine this sort of like, you know, young, vibrant, academic, smart woman that you are. And kind of, you said that when you entered the space, 
you yeah. felt like the rug had been pulled from under your feet. What do you mean by that? What happened? Well, it was the way it felt to be there. So it was engineering. It was a very male-dominated environment. And there was me, a young woman. I was just 27 at the time. And it was the, the effect of how it felt to be in there, being such a minority with the underlying, you know, the underlying attitudes, the undercurrent, that there was obviously some unpleasant stuff that went on. That's, alas, inevitable for a young woman in that kind of environment. But it was, it was like a sort of a drip, drip, drip. I just got undermined subtly day after day after day. I didn't even realise it at the time. I didn't understand why I suddenly found I couldn't speak up in meetings and why I wasn't confidently putting myself forward when I had been fine before I'd gone into that environment. So basically that took me into analysing what was going on in my mind. And that took me into working with the subconscious because on the surface, it really wasn't obvious what had happened. So that took me into this of the limiting beliefs. And what I actually discovered was much, much bigger than that. And that was what I see as literally a, a hidden um, subconscious operating system. So basically on the surface, we have our, you know, our, 21st century beliefs at the time it was the 20th <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we have our beliefs about our, you know, our rights our entitlement our abilities our equality but underneath what we've got is a whole operating system which is still deeply rooted in the patriarchal past which means that any woman who goes into any kind of um, career that's basically beyond the home is going to be getting lots of subtle messages from both from other people and from the institutions and from our own subconscious mind, that's important to emphasize, telling us you're not allowed to be here. It's forbidden for you to be here. You'll be punished for being here. You're not allowed to be a powerful woman in this environment. And, and you don't know it's there, but it's in fact undermining you. Your own subconscious is saying you're in danger here. You're in danger, you're in danger day after day after day. And of course, the higher up the ladder you go, the worse it gets. Yeah, and do you find that that was... What, what that sounds like that's of course what was subtly and incrementally like wearing you away and silencing you that's what I'm hearing it's that was silencing you silencing. And, and did you I guess you had like all guns blazing and the gusto and the enthusiasm at first can you remember any specific times or moments where things were said that landed in that way that you know some females listening might resonate with where you're like Oh, it just kind of almost kind of physically take oh, you yes. back. <laughs> there mm. were so many. There were so many. Oh, I'm sorry to hear um, that. But yeah, well, this is what every you know, every time I speak to a professional woman or they read my book, they say, "Yes, that's happened to me. Yes, that's happened to me. I thought it was just me." I often hear that. It's things like you're in a group and you are you'll be asked to make the tea, even though you might be. You know, you're. There was one time it happened to me. I was I was the um, but actually actually I describe as the the most humiliating experience of my life when I was at a, an engineering company presenting some ideas for research that they had asked me for. I was there as the, the invited expert. And then halfway through my presentation, they started talking over me and they just, I was just invisible. They disregarded me. They were talking to my technician, a man, and I actually stood there and I was so crushed and humiliated by this, complete disregard of me and you know my, my qualifications and my experience and my you know my all of that that I literally I couldn't open my mouth I couldn't say what I wanted to say which was you know excuse me do you mind mm. I, I just it's as if I'd been you know 
silence. Yeah, totally. Mm. And I actually stood there for a whole, you know, at least an hour. I think it was over an hour. I stood there at the overhead projector. And eventually I, might, I just sat down. But, you know, even today, I've, it makes me feel physically ill. Uh, and I've heard from so many women things like they are, you know, they'll be asked to make the tea, they'll be asked to take the minutes. Just, you know, the woman is the, you know, the, the um, in the subservient position. She has to do the, the support. Or, you know, you'll find you, you're putting forward an idea and you're completely ignored. And then a man will put the same idea forward 10 minutes later. And, oh, yes, they, they take, you know, he's get acknowledged for the idea. And that, so it's, yeah, the, that, it's the response, yeah. isn't it, that you're receiving and that, that being minimised is what it sounds like, you know, and standing there must have been incredibly humiliating for you because what it's like, why are you talking to the technician? Why yeah. don't you talk to me? I'm the presenter. And it's like everything's starting to happen around you. And you're like, hello, I am here. Exactly. And, you know, that feeling must have just been so destroying. And, of course, I'm sure, like you say, you've got lots and lots of other examples of that. Do you think that the people that did that, said that, behaved that way, how aware do you think they actually were oh, that's about that? Well, that's, this is the thing. And this is what I think is so important that I've flagged up in, in, in all my research over the last year, 20 years. It's that this is from a knee-jerk reaction. It's not somebody thinking, oh, I'm going to put that woman down. It's because in their, their operating system, if you say to somebody... Okay, imagine what does a university professor look like? What does a surgeon look like? What does a managing director look like? Your subconscious will give you the picture of a man every single time. And then you can make a conscious adjustment. Oh, it might be a woman. But that knee-jerk thing puts the man in the authority position. Similarly, if you said to somebody, uh, what does a receptionist look like? What does a cleaner look like? What does somebody who serves the tea look like? You're, you're going to get shown a woman. Because so that's what we've learned, isn't it? That's what we've learned. It's our programme. It's all been yes, put into all, us, like you say. Mm. And I say, I, it's important to emphasise, I absolutely had an equal opportunities upbringing. My parents were fantastic. I had every encouragement, every opportunity, and the same for my school, to go forward and you know, get out there into you know, a man's career, in inverted commas, and succeed. And I, it, you know, it took me by surprise. I wasn't expecting it. It wasn't in my mm. conscious programming, but it was all under the surface. And you know, things like, you know, I would answer the phone and somebody would say, oh, can I speak to Dr. Whitehouse? And I'd say, yes, speaking. And they go, oh, really? And, you know, if they, if they, they thought I was the secretary because I was female. And, and just, they actually, it's interesting, isn't it, that people will actually, I was just thinking that as you were talking, people will actually respond verbally to that. Oh, oh I'm surprised. I wasn't expecting, you know, and they actually verbalise it. They don't yeah. even manage to contain it within. <laughs> so what, what I think what I'm hearing is the answer to the question is that it's very low. The awareness is very low. Very low, very yeah. low. This is the thing. So, so basically the, the programming of the people in that meeting, is, it's a beautiful example. It was such that it seemed completely normal and acceptable to ignore me even though they'd actually invited me as the expert, right? They, it didn't <laughs> the irony, yeah. as inappropriate or rude because all, all of their programming had me in the, on the sidelines. And, and this is the thing. It, it's not about, you know, pointing fingers at individuals and saying you are sexist. Mm. Not, no, not, not at all. It's we are still running this hidden operating system. Universally, it's everywhere. And we need to free ourselves from that in order to free ourselves from this you know, so-called unconscious bias. It's not 
unconscious because you know I've analyzed exactly what's going on exactly what the beliefs are and how it is undermining us so the whole thing is oh goodness if we have got this whole operating system against us it's no wonder we then feel you know not confident or we feel like an imposter because we're not ticking the right boxes if we go into mm -hmm. a, in a situation where all the subtle boxes are saying you've got to be male we do not tick those boxes we never can so our subconscious is going to say, well, goodness, you don't fit in here, Anne. It's a no from us. You're not, you're yes. not good enough. You mm. are an imposter. And mm. we don't, we don't realise why we're getting the signals. We just get the signals of you're not good enough. So that's what then you know, becomes the imposter syndrome. It becomes the, the gender confidence gap, the gender authority gap. And although obviously I experienced this in the world of engineering, it's what I've discovered working with so many women is that we see the same thing everywhere so whether you are you know in law or medicine or politics or whether you are an entrepreneur whether you are you know a coach going out online into a visible very visible space you're going to get the same things happening because we're all sharing the same programming you know which suggests very strongly that we all need to relearn the programming and of course absolutely the female empowerment work is a lot about this understanding our own programming of course and then making adjustments and going again and, and really what we hear in this language of you know rising up that really is the empowerment but I think it's really important and I'd love to know what you think how important is it for of course the men to understand this as well and how willing are they to become involved in this these learnings oh that's a big question firstly it is essential right it is essential so yeah mm. as I say the, the awareness of understanding that your subconscious is in fact against you. So, you know, there are a lot of you know, really you know, enlightened men or men who are really wanting to ha you know, have equality, whether they are, you know, employers or whether it's just with their, their peers, they, they, they want that, they want that consciously, but then have understanding that subconsciously all of those old beliefs are still there and that they are so, it's like that, it will come out. So unless you're super aware, it is going to, you know, to undermine you. So there's a lot that um, that men you know, can do to understand this, what I call the, the power dynamic. And that's what I teach women how to change. And mm. slightly shifting the subjects, um, the, th the thing is that a lot of women's empowerment is telling you to do what I call really surface-based things. You know, this, this lean in or the, you know, feel the fear and do it anyway, push yourself out of your comfort zone. And here's the, the problem with that is that, if you are doing that, you are pushing yourself into the place where your subconscious says you're in danger. And this yes. is why it affected me so dr dramatically. Because that is still yeah. like a really masculine energy, isn't it? It's like, well, yes. feel the fear and do it anyway. So it's like power through. Don't worry about how you feel, just it go for it. And that doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. I mean, it might, might work in an emergency situation Water. for one mm. event, right? Yes. And yeah, you know, that's, Absolutely, if you've got to do something, you can push yourself to do it. But if you're doing that every single day for years, like I did, it's, it, the way I describe it is to think about uh, an elastic band. So your subconscious is, says like, here, this is, where, this is what is safe. My programming says this is what a woman has to be. That's how she is you know, allowed to behave. She's not allowed to be like this. She's not allowed to do that. She's certainly not allowed to have authority over these men. That's in the subconscious operating system. We don't know it's there, it's in there then we start to do something different. We start to 
you know, embrace our power. We decide, I want that high powered career. I want to have that business. I want to have you know, that many clients. I want to be doing the Facebook lives and talking to the media and all of this stuff. And so what happens is we are taking ourselves away from this bench box. So we're pulling away like this. So if you can imagine what's going to happen to the elastic band, it gets stretched and stretched and stretched and stretched. And at some point, well, this, your subconscious will get more and more freaked out and it'll try and pull you back more and more. And so that's when the anxiety comes up worse. The imposter syndrome comes up worse because your subconscious is saying, you're going to die for this. You're going to be mm. put to death because powerful women in the past have, have been persecuted and put to death. And that's what I'm feeling here. I'm such a minority getting all these signals that I shouldn't be here. So you know, that elastic stretching and something is going to break. So it could be, in my case, it was my health after all the stress and the anxiety and the insomnia and all the works, it might be relationships, it might go into your mental health, but you know, something is going to break. And, it's, and, and when you are pushing yourself in that way, fighting that subconscious operating system, what you're gonna get is the sabotage and blocks and obstacles and you know, all the well-being stuff, it's all gonna go because you're not, you're not aligned with yourself because while we're trying to fit into that male default benchmark, which is everywhere in the world, well, while we, we're getting all the messages saying, if you want to succeed, you've got to be like this. You've got to tick these boxes. You've got to behave in a certain way. You've got to do this, that, and the other. We are not having the freedom to align with ourselves. We need to free up this subconscious programming to release that inner conflict, to release that, that strain, that inner strain. And then, only then, are we free to say, well, actually, I can be myself and be powerful and have this career. But we can't just say, I'm going to do it until we've released the subconscious, because that inner strain will be there and it will undermine us. And that's a huge piece of work, isn't it? Because it's, <laughs> that's basically, what I do. <laughs> it's basically a rebuild. Um, it is. And, it is. you know, go, going, going inside and going to the patterns and going to subconscious to inquire within and find out what's actually going on here and then to find the solutions. And then, of course, to implement and actually do things differently and show up differently and so you know it's not an overnight thing is it and 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 how did you do it and what did you actually discover in your obviously you discovered a lot in your subconscious but what did you do to change the patterns that helped you to align with yourself so here's the interesting thing I had done a lot of belief work belief changing and you know I know there, there are many modalities that allow you to do that in various ways and you know, they all have a lot of merit. And I've done a lot of work on this. So at this time, I'm, I don't know how far I was, maybe five or six years after I'd left my lectureship. And by this time, I was you know, I had my own, my own business in the, you know, the healing and women's empowerment. Uh, but there was something missing. Because even though I'd done so much work on myself, and I, was, and I felt very different, when I went into a situation that I would call my, yeah, an, an Achilles heel situation, for example, you know, an, an interview or a, a conversation which you think is going to be a bit confrontational, I would still get all of the anxiety and the, the feelings, my, my body clearly telling me you're in danger here. And I think, why, why is it still there? I've changed the beliefs. Why am I still feeling like this? And um, I then had um, as, you know, a personal tragedy with the de- death of my daughter. This was in 2014. And what I found was going through that, I didn't all the tools that I had really and they weren't helping at all they weren't getting to this place where, where I'd got to with, with that with that trauma 
And what I started to do was look at what was going on beneath the beliefs, beneath it to like a, a level of, um, I describe it like a, like a circuit. If you can imagine energy flowing round, you know, like an electrical circuit. And if the energy is flowing away from us, then we are going to feel uh, vulnerable. We're going to feel that we're in danger. Our subconscious will go into a fight or flight. Anxiety will go up. Confidence will go down. We'll be on the defensive. We won't be able to put ourselves forward because we're going to feel that, that we're under attack. And, and this literally us losing our power, not just in a, a belief, but in the power being drained from us was, was in fact the key. It was, it was the key. And I realized this, that when women go into these situations where all the messages are telling us we're not meant to be here, we in fact lose our power energetically and we flip into a fight or flight. And then I realized, I thought, oh my goodness, I just need to work out how to change this energy balance. And one day I just, I just did it. I like reached out, I said, grab my power and I just pulled it back. And I, I I just felt so different. I mean, I still have this smile when I you know, think about it because you know, at the time I have must have been about I don't know, 49, 50 or so. And it was the first time ever in my life I'd actually felt confident, relaxed, being me in that situation. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is it. This is what's been missing. You know, we, we've been going into these situations thinking we're empowered showing up with our qualifications and, and our motivation or the rest of it. But underneath, we're having the energy has been drained out of us. So how can we really be powerful when our system is running on empty? So that was the start of you know, the, the, the pull back your power, which is my, my, the, the key technique, which is also the, you know, the name of my book, Pull Back Your Power. And, and from that, everything for, you know, from, for my work really began to mushroom because because once you understand that you just got to change that power dynamic I worked out how we can stop us ourselves losing that energy in particular situations how we can reprogram it in a relationship or in a group dynamic which is a you know, very um a very much an Achilles heel situation for many women when you're in a you know in a, a minority and they're trying to speak up and mm. it's all about learning how to change this power flow and we can do that using our minds you don't need a special gift you just need to understand what's happening and how to change it and here's the 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 icing on the cake is when you've pulled in your power and taught your system to hold it and be resilient even when you're in a stressful situation all the limiting beliefs they evaporate they just go so it's like I mean I've done years of belief work and then I started working with people with my, with my new power techniques and you know what? They didn't need all that belief work. It was simply the world had been draining their power on that very foundational level. Mm. So, and you hear this, don't you? You hear the words, you know, stop giving your power away, take back your power, reclaim your power. And of course, all these are great, juicy marketing headlines, and we love it because we want our power back. If you feel in any way disempowered, it sounds great to, to have it back, mm. but it's really understanding, isn't it? What, what that is about. And it's, it it's all about the energy is what I'm hearing you say, the energy yeah. of who we yeah. are and, and, and actually leaning into our own strengths. And I think just keeping the descriptions of these things and what, what can, what we can do as women, it's really important keeping them simple because we all have that skill. Sometimes things are made to feel 
so glamorized and so you know you thought, oh my goodness will I ever be able to get to that stage and elevate myself as such a goddess but in fact it's just about working with yourself and like you say understanding the balance in our energies because there are times when we do need to like go forward and use our, our more masculine energy and take action and there are other times when we just can still say what we need to say without getting all the shoulder pads out or thinking we're back in the 80s or that we've got to, <laughs> yes. you know, really tackle every man that comes our way because that's not necessary. Well, that's it. You see, that, that yeah. is going into a fight and we don't want to be fight yes. or flight. And this is the, the thing that's just so, so key to understand. If in a situation you are feeling stressed or anxious or you're not feeling good enough or you're feeling under attack, that. I can guarantee that your power has been drained at that time. And when you learn to literally bring bring it back, and I'm talking about an energetic flow, not a belief, an energetic flow, when you've brought that back and you've stopped that from being literally sucked by people around you, same situation, you feel different. You feel relaxed. Whatever you're getting from the status quo, it becomes water off the deck's back. And I've I've heard of people who've um, started off being unable to do, do a live or get out online at all because the anxiety around it is so big. They've learned to you know, uh, pull back their power and reprogram those situations. And then they just fly. They're just completely different, feeling different. And, and that's, that's the thing. thing. It's key what you said there, I think, as well. And you said, you know, program the situations. Like everything that's happened has happened. And it's just been a situation, isn't it, that happened? And it's all it's always about how we feel about it, you know, and so we're being led, you know, you, say, for instance, how it sa- sounded to me, we're like, you were, you were feeling terrible when that would happen in the boardroom, when that <laughs> happened, you were feeling awful, and we respond to our feelings, and then we make it mean things like, well, that must mean that I'm not able to do this, but I know I am because I've done all the stuff. So why am I feeling like this? And it's, I'm sure that it's it's something that a lot of women get caught in. And of course, ultimately, if we don't get the answers and we don't get the guidance, we don't find pathways, we will make it mean something. And that won't tend to be positive. And so therefore, I won't do this. I'm not meant to be in business. It's not for me. I'm not that type. You know, I mean, I teach women how to sell and have those kind of conversations that are super deep and important that will help people to make decisions and empower them they're terrified of them because that has got a lot of perceived rather and to have a lot of masculine energy in it which actually doesn't it's a real balance again so you know I love this and I think it's really important and listen the world is trying okay um and like let's say God loves a trier like the world is trying (laughs) to bring you know awareness around gender disparity to bring awareness to equal opportunities but even equal opportunities feels a little bit passe sometimes to me now the language and you know why is it yeah why is it not landing um is is it just the same answer or is there anything else we can glean from that because there's a lot of discussion about the pay gap there's a lot of discussion about I mean I'm quite interested in that actually why that doesn't literally just get changed it's because we're not changing what's underneath. Mm. We, we are trying on the surface. And you're right, we are, there's a lot people are trying to do, but we always default to the autopilot. Mm. So it's, I'll give you an example of this. So um, you'll still find in, for example, films, movies, that if you have you know, the, the authority situation, the boardroom, there'll be all the men, there'll be maybe one woman. And 
And it's because when, when somebody is uh, just creating something, they will go to the subconscious, which will have, oh, yes, there's going to be maybe one woman. This is the man's world, all the men, one woman. They aren't saying, right, I need to make sure that I'm creating um, the, the gender balance to change the programming. So I'm going to have 50-50. They will immediately serve up the default. And so we, what we do is we will make an effort. Somebody want you know, they'll make an effort to, to think about this. And, but then they relax and all the autopilot comes back. And yeah, it's and, interesting, and, isn't it? And until, you know, until I can say to you know, 100 people, what does a surgeon look like? You know, what does a managing director look like? What does a, an orchestra conductor look like? And they don't immediately get a man in their, in their mind's eye. You know, that tells us that that programming is still wrong. We are fighting against mm-hmm. it every time. And the subconscious is so big. And it's because it's mirrored to us through every single person. And it's all, also in all, everything that we see. So you know that um, when people talk about how important it is to have role models and you, know, you can't be what you don't see, they don't understand that it's many layers deeper than just, of, you know, of course you can do it, woman. You know, it's, not, it's not that at all. It's like you're not seeing it or you're seeing one woman there and she's being attacked and criticised for her weight or her age, the way a man isn't. And as well as that, everything in your subconscious is saying, that is forbidden, I'll be punished, uh, I'm not allowed to do this. And I want to really emphasise here that we don't consciously believe that is there. We have, you know, when I say to somebody, well, when, when I do the mm. um, energy testing you know, on, on their uh, using kinesiology, and we've tested, I'll be put to death if I have that job. They are horrified that that is in their own subconscious because they don't believe it consciously. But until you flag it up, you know, you, you have no idea what, how big it is and how negative it is and how much your subconscious is trying to pull you back. Yeah, it's you so true. It, so say, true. Oh, my goodness. No wonder I yeah. feel so terrified of doing mm. that presentation or so terrified of getting out on- online because my subconscious actually believes I'm going to die if I do this. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's about getting to the root cause, isn't it? And of course, when you talk about how big that is, obviously the whole world having this programming, then we're like, wow, that's a big job. It's so big all job. we can ever do is work on ourselves and, you know, get to that root cause and work on those subconscious and conscious strategies to to really be able to show up individually and hold that space I think and let everybody around hold theirs as they do do you know what I mean because each person's journey is their own and so of course that's the work that you do with women and it's really interesting because I'm sure a lot of men in that situation would say, well, I believe in equal opportunities. I'm not sexist. I'm not misogynist. I don't have any problem with that. I, I, and, and it's horrible in the same way for them to think. And it's like that whole unconscious bias thing is re- very, very difficult to address. And I would think it's especially difficult to address for men because there's almost like this guilt that sits with it. But I think it's been difficult for them too absolutely as they try and turn the wheel in in their own world and to align with all of this there's there's a lot of work to be done and so it's almost like well it's one always one step at a time one woman at a time one belief at a time one problem at a time so Mm. when when you understand that it's beyond belief and it's this power flow energy flow then two things really if you're a woman in that situation 
and you learn to stop the power drain, your power immediately is magnified. You immediately give out a completely different subtle message. And what I've found again and again is that people begin to treat you in a different way. You're not being undermined by this huge um, you know, internal conflict telling you that you're not good enough and you shouldn't be there. And you know, you, you're giving out a different message, people giving you a different response, mm. which is mm. fantastic. But also, I also can show men how they can actively change that energy flow to support women. So maybe you, you know, maybe you are a man who really wants to help the females in your company. And you know, I've heard this again so many times, man saying, well, I'd love the women to be more confident and put themselves forward, but I don't know how to help them. Mm. I can show them how to help them because I can show them how to literally push the power back to them because the default it will just flow away from the women. That's the way the world is. That's the energy flow of the world. You can teach men to, uh, to reverse that and literally send it back to the women so that they hold their power immediately, like literally in yeah. an instant, they are more confident, they're going to feel much better promoting themselves, their work, giving their ideas, and their energy that they project will be different. So it is exactly. it's a two-way street. Mm. It's a two-way street. Mm. Mm. And it's that that's the, the way that we can all be free of that subconscious operating system that's just undermining people all the time. Absolutely. And I think anyone that's got a desire to do that will have experienced one at least of those feelings that you did in situations like that. And you know, I like the, the balanced approach. You know, I'm really passionate about that balanced approach. Mm, let's let's all do this work, but I will do my own work on it. Um, to, and, and like you say, that energy when someone shows up differently, even in just life, would say, "Oh, you seem a bit different." What you know? What what is that about you? And of course, we're all energy, so we're reading each other's energy and messages exactly. and communications all the time. And so, you know, it, it all it all's all very subliminal, but also quite simple. Once you get to understand, it, it's like, okay, so I get it. What can I do? So is your book, and talk about that just for a minute as we wrap up, is your book for men and women? Well, it's specifically, well, it was specifically for women, but I've actually had a lot of men read it. And Great, yeah. And what they've said is basically, oh, my goodness, I had no idea that this was going on. I had no idea. Um, in fact, the, fir the first two people to read it were, in fact, men. And they both said, you've got to write a book for men, <laughs> which is what I'm doing now. Yes. But what my book does, it shows exactly what's going on under the surface. All of these layers of things that, that the men have no idea are undermining women. So it's, it's not about what is our policy. It's about, you know, how does it actually feel? How does it feel <laughs> if mm -hmm. a woman goes into this situation and there are like eight men? And just one woman. How does that actually feel? And what is the effect? And what and what's the effect of these? You know, the fact that this male benchmark. You know, we the world was created by men for men. There's no judgment. It's history. It's what you've inherited. But what the so women have simply had to fit into what was there. And the way I, I describe this is my my favorite analogy is to think about fish. So, yeah, the world outside the home, if you like, what is like the sea and the men are the saltwater fish. So it's their environment. It was made for them. They, they, it fits them beautifully. So the women are like freshwater fish in the rivers. They were kept out of it for, as you know, centuries, millennia. 
then over just the, the course of very few years, you know, 100 years, it goes from being completely closed off to suddenly it's opened up. Women are allowed into the, the, you know, the promised land. We can now officially have any career that we want, get, you know, do anything, be anything, have anything. But we didn't evolve with salt water. Mm. We evolved fresh water. So what happens is, what happens, can't breathe. I'm being, you know, I'm being crushed. Either I have to change myself into a saltwater fish or I'm going to, I'm going to die. I'm not, I, I can't fit in. So that's where this huge conflict comes in. And you know, did the saltwater fish say, oh, let's change the salt content, bring it down a bit. So it's like uh, much more comfortable for the freshwater fish. No, it just said, this is how it is, fit in. Mm. And this is what people don't realize is, you know, our world is so male default just because it's how it evolved. Like if you if you think about, say, Parliament, think about our political system, it's so male default. It's so um, confrontational, antagonistic, two sides, you know, head on. You know, and, and the way I say if, if people say, no, the world is, is neutral, there's no male default. I say, right, OK, think about political system. Would it be the same if women had developed it, not men? And they say, well, no, no, it wouldn't. It would be completely different. So, right, there you go. This is the male default. And we are having to fit into that in every single career that's out there, which means we are at the moment not free to simply be ourselves, express ourselves, be aligned with our true female power. Mm, we are yet. having to change to fit into this. So it's, it's that understanding of that, that male default that we've inherited and how that actually undermines women on many, many, many levels. And, mm. and that was one of the main things that flagged up from my book that men thought, my goodness, I'd never thought about it in those terms. I'd never yeah, exactly why it is mm. so negative to women. I, I didn't think it, it mattered. I didn't, I didn't think it was, it was a real thing. Because they also have grown up with that programming and that same oh, way yeah. and so it's about yeah. raising the awareness and that's a you know an absolute it's a great metaphor because it's it's the it makes people go ah oh, I see it now you know I see it now because we you know we're all so subjective we look from our own position and we're like well I don't feel like that and I don't see that and I I maybe I don't even get that or I don't even believe that it exists um but when you when you can look at something from another perspective um and use the metaphor you just did I think that's super super powerful and of course let's not forget and I think it's really important not to forget you talk about that 100 years okay that was absolute game changer for women and so that's a huge evolution that's come our way and we're just still working it we're just still learning we're still turning the keys and of course, you know, in, in years ahead, when we are not here anymore, we're leaving this kind of work as, as legacy. And so to, to move that over the next hundred years, we can't do it all overnight, but sometimes it may feel like it's not happening. But I, you know, I know that it is, and I like to believe that it is. And I personally want to reassure people that it is, because change can be so incremental like that, environments oh, and beliefs. Yeah, so totally. that's, that's it, powerful, the, the isn't it? The way to think about mm. it is this. So, you know, women you know, our, our kind of age we are the ones who are we're the first ever in history to have you know true opportunity really to have the education that we want me and my mother didn't my you know, my grandmother my mom was a, a kitchen maid you know? <laughs> um uh, you know this is in the space of two generations you've gone from a kitchen yes, maid huge. To, a yes. to a you know a cambridge phd scientist the, the the all the subtle things simply cannot have 
had the time to catch up. It just hasn't. So we, you know, women now, we are the ones who've had the opportunity. So we've got a long, long way, but we're, we are so not supported by the programming. So the next generation, it will have shifted more. And yes. yeah, so, so we're the ones doing the hard work. because we Yeah, we're doing, doing the legwork, ladies. Territory. <laughs> and gentlemen. And, you know, and because we've pushed through, pushed away from that old, old programming, we are feeling the really detrimental effects of that, that stretch, that inner conflict that I was talking about, because we've got the old programming, but we're living the new life. Mm. And there's so, plenty as well that have gone beyond the stretch. And I think that's really important to highlight as well is there's, you know, successes and the rising of, you know, females in their business and the wealth that they can create and the power that they're holding is also, you know, something you never, ever would have found before. So when you look at it like that and you, you kind of zoom out and look at the picture, it's like there's been such a great change. And I think it's important for us to celebrate that too. Oh, totally. Um, whilst we keep turning the cogs because it can feel difficult can't it (laughs) right it's the thing that that I really want to emphasize every woman has got this old programming every woman every man and yet we have still managed to achieve fantastic things this is it yeah we're still being undermined at the same time so when you actually feel yourself from that just think how much more you can achieve or how much more with the well-being without Mm. the stress without the forcing yourself and, and then we can go even, even further. I think we are in the paradigm where we're learning to hold both of those things together. So also becoming empowered and doing this kind of work that you're describing and, um, and then also realising, yeah, I was undermined there and that did happen and I did feel like that, but also I'm empowered and I'm growing and it's learning, isn't it, to exist in that duality Absolutely. a little bit there and, so and develop I, that intelligence to go yeah, forward. Yeah. But what I actually teach one of, the, one, of the, one of the ways in is this the more we feel stressed or anxious or the less confidence we have the more imposter syndrome we have that is in fact the evidence of how far we've come it's the evidence of what we've achieved because that is the measure of how far we've pulled away from those old benchmarks so yes but, so the, the feeling, uncomfortability yeah, mm. <laughs> good word so the, mm. the, um, yeah, the <laughs> feeling that we might have interpreted as i'm not good enough Mm. in fact is the proof of our success yeah and that that's wonderful and I'm sure that every single woman that's ever felt like she might be suffering from imposter syndrome as we reference it will be very pleased to hear that and hear that very powerful reframe reframe to wrap up on is take that as a good indicator like this is the this is a power tool almost you know how can I how can I how can I work with it and I and I love that um and you know as we went back to the beginning of the podcast and we wanted to cover so many things, I think what's lovely here is that we've really like laid out the landscape here and through your, you know, what you've shared with us, Anne, is a really, really great positioning. So that I think anyone who's listening would hopefully find some nuggets in there and say, hmm, I certainly never thought of it like that. Or it will have raised some awareness. And this is what we're doing as coaches. This is fundamentally what we're doing in our roles is, is raising the awareness because we can only change what we are aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so thank you for bringing all of that to the table today um, and, sh- and sharing so much of your story and your, you know, your personal tragedies and successes within the centre of all of that. So, um, yeah, we hear you. We celebrate you. And thank you so much for your work. Um, thank you for being a wonderful guest. Where can people find your book? Oh, is that a silly question? 
You can get my book on Amazon. I also have an Audible version. So um, that's lovely. Easy to find. Okay, we'll put all of those in the notes for anyone that's interested and also where you can get in touch with Anne. And where do you like to be connected with Anne? Where's your, where's your ground? Well, um, my website is feminineconfidence.com and you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm Dr. Anne Whitehouse. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. And I hope that everyone's enjoyed listening to this. And if you haven't already, if you're not already on your phones, go and connect with Anne and read a little bit more about it. But most of all, think about what did this bring up for you and go and work on that, because I think that's really uh, the next step for everybody. So thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you. Um, And thanks for your time. Thank you. You can read Coach Magazine for free online every quarter. Just subscribe at coach-magazine.com and receive it direct to your inbox. You can order print copies, book a directory listing, find us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram.